Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest episode of Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We go to uh, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, we talk movies, we talk comics, we talk TV. Last week we did an amazing um, you know, uh, fall TV preview, so we figured we would continue it along today um, and basically just talk about all the fall movies that are coming out. Which basically means we're going to talk about Doctor Strange because it's pretty much all we got. I mean, we just look. There's plenty of fall movies coming out, but uh, in terms of what is comic book related and what is not, uh, I don't think we really have too much more to be honest with you in terms of comic book movies. And, and to be honest with you, it's probably the most anticipated one, and it's probably the game changer for the comic book films. And, and the reason I'll say this though, I mean, look, we've got the summer blockbusters. We've got Avengers coming out, uh, next year. We've got, uh, wonder woman. We've got, uh, justice league. We've got all these, these movies coming out. That's not, that's not really what I meant. Um, but we also have something that's kind of called movie fatigue, right? Comic book movie fatigue. Uh, I think it's happening in the cons right now. Like the conventions I've been to so far this year have been a little underwhelming compared to years past. We want to welcome Espada Primera Stark, on Patreon, uh, not on Patreon, on uh, Periscope, starts with a P, you know how it goes. Um, so let's do a little house cleaning before we keep going into it, but uh, we're going to talk more about the Comic-Con fatigue, we're going to talk about comic movie fatigue, and we're going to talk about how um, Tony, uh, you know, Doctor Strange and Tony Stark and all these, you know, Doctor Strange is going to really... Um, it's gonna it's gonna set the table for stuff. But first, let's do some let's do some house cleaning again. Uh, we are Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. TalkingAlternative.com. You can also stream us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. I'm your host, Mike Dolce or Michael Dolce, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-O-L-C-E. If you type that in and put a .com at the end, you'll go to our Patreon page. So michaeldolce.com will take us to the Secrets of the Sire Patreon page where you can support this show. We, uh, we've, we've done a nice job of building an audience and giving what we think is a different take on everything. Uh, everyone out there kind of likes to talk about the news. We like to kind of go behind the scenes and talk about the politics behind it, talk about the creative forces behind it. And speaking of creative forces, uh, we have on our guest tonight... Chris Kostakis, and we have Mark Poulton. Uh, Mark Poulton's a good friend of mine uh, from way, way back. He was a fan of The Sire, which is my original comic book series, so we're going to have him on to talk, um, along with Chris, about ArtistaCon. ArtistaCon uh, is a convention that's going to be going on, not this weekend, but the following weekend down in Jersey. It's a different kind of Comic-Con, and, and again, that's kind of the theme for the show tonight, is taking things and making it a little different, right? We have... Uh, Doctor Strange, totally different, um, different take on on what it is. Kind of like an Ant Man, you know how Ant Man was kind of like. Well, look, it was a caper film. It wasn't necessarily a film where it was all men in tights. It was supposed to be Scott Lang's redemption. It was Michael Douglas kind of, you know, playing a, a different kind of role. It's not a it's not a cartoonish supervillainish role. I mean, there's there's you know, all, a lot of difference to it, and that's kind of what we are kind of going with with Doctor Strange. Um, we mentioned Patreon before, so before we continue, I want to give a thank out to our patrons. They, um, they've, uh, you know, donated. We have dedicated fan Einar Peterson. Thank you very much. Our program director, Stephanie Dolce. Uh, no relation to me except she's my sister. And a big thank you to our brand new executive producer, uh, Steve Hovecki, who is also a fellow comic book creator. Um, you can get your name shouted up on the air every single week uh, until we get to a point where it gets too much and then we'll just randomize uh, who, we, who we select. But you'll get your name shouted on the air. And you got a lot of cool, cool things um, like a $2 patron gets a copy of the show outline so they can actually follow along and realize that I have not been following my show outline at all thus far. But uh, that's kind of cool, right? You get a little behind the scenes. Um, I was just chatting with uh, our executive producer, Steve Hovecki, on an exclusive Google Hangout link that only he gets access to and, and only one, only someone who gets an executive producer access can have access to. Uh, the beauty of that is, is that while we have guests on, you can ask questions and I will ask them. I will prioritize your questions. Uh, to any of our guests, I'll prioritize your comments. Um, we do stream on Periscope, which we're doing right now, and we do stream on Facebook. But again, uh, if you're an executive producer, you'll get that exclusivity. Um, and then if you're a $10 marketing director, you get access to my entire database of drawings, uh, pitches, 
uh, interviews. I've interviewed tons of musicians. Uh, I've been posting them once a week on the page as well. So again, go to my name, michaeldolce.com. It'll take you to my Patreon page. Welcome at Alexandria1229. All right. Fall movie preview, Doctor Strange. So let's give the good, actually. We're going to talk about the controversial casting. Um, and there's, a, there's a, a website out there that actually kind of gave it a different spin. Now, anybody who's been following the show, I mean, we've, look, we love diving into the political correctness um, that is invading everything. And I'll, I'll actually, I had a whole conversation. I went to a bachelor party Friday night and had a great conversation. And maybe this is a conversation we'll save for another night, but talking about is social media a right or a privilege? And uh, that, that's a, that is a great topic for another night, and we will get into that at some point because uh, that, in it, that question in and of itself I, I feel like I could talk about for four hours. The reason I'm against political correctness is not, it's not in a right-wing kind of, fa- kind of mentality because, quite frankly, I'm a moderate uh, voter. And, in fact, if you're right-wing, I will give you all the reasons you should be left-wing, and if you're left-wing, I'll give you all the reasons why you should be right-wing. I like being in the middle. I like pointing out the absurdity of both sides. Uh, I enjoy sitting in the middle. Maybe I'm a fence sitter. Who knows? But maybe I'm just an antagonist. Uh, I like to think of myself as a protagonist, but, you know, we can't all be what we want, right? Um, The reason I like pointing it out, though, from a creative standpoint is political correctness is censorship. Um, It leads to censorship. If it's not directly, it's indirectly censoring people. It's indirectly telling you what is right and what is wrong. Um, It's a majority rule. And that majority does not necessarily mean right. In fact, I don't think there is right or wrong. There's good and bad. I mean, I think, that's as, I think that's as good as it is. I think that we are a construct of our own society. We build our own society. So uh, in my mind, people who are politically correct uh, are forcing their beliefs on people, and yet they're, they're just forcing what they believe are the correct beliefs. And the people who are against it just believe that they are, you know, that, you know, I mean, if you take the Colin Kaepernick thing, for example, that's, that's going on, you know, you have both sides, well, you don't support America, or you don't support, or, or you support cop killers, or you, you know, you don't support the flag, or this and that. I mean, look, it's just, it's just two sides of the same coin at the end of the day. Um, but political correctness is now back. This is like the 90s all over again. It's Bill Clinton time. Uh, we got Hillary Clinton, I guess, which we're, you know, I guess I'm hoping she wins, because even though I don't like her at all, I will take her over the, uh, you know, farcical absurdity that would be Donald Trump in the office. Um, so how does it relate to movies? It relates to movies because you had the Tilda Swinton casting of Ancient One in Doctor Strange. Now, Doctor Strange, we're going to get to we're going to get to the casting. And I, and I do promise we're going to get into that. And like I said, we've, we've kind of covered it. But I didn't want to start the show off by doing that. I wanted to start, start the show off just telling you everything I know um, about Doctor Strange. And I, and I actually credit the Inquisitor. I write for the Inquisitor, but I did not write this article. So I do give credit to uh, the person who wrote it. Um, which I did not actually write down, so I can't actually give her give he or she credit at this moment, but I'll find it during the break and I'll do it. Uh, so far, from this is, I mean, it was a great rundown of everything. Doctor Strange test screenings have been positive, so that is the first thing. Um, Collider reported that, um, you know, the director, Scott Derrickson, um, said the test screenings have been positive and everyone loves Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, he sounds like a made-up character, just that name alone. I feel like he should be in, like, The Wizard of Oz, or he should be in some sort of fairy tale, like a Peter Pan or something. Definitely a Peter Pan, right? Like, a, like, like the kids travel to this other world, and it's Benedict Cumberbatch who comes, and I don't know why I have given a Scottish accent, but I did. Um, but anyway, they're saying we've had test screenings, and the overwhelming thing I've learned is people love Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie. They just love him. It's kind of a headline, I guess. They love the visuals. They love the action, but more than that, they love Benedict, and he is Doctor Strange. That's a great sign. All right. That's first. First and foremost, if they can, uh, if if uh, you know Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be uh, likable, if he's going to be, because look, this is an obscure character, right? I mean, us comic book people, we kind of know this, but the the people outside the comic book world, you know, who's Doctor Strange? I I can do the litmus test is like my dad. If if he if he's heard of the character, which he did, um, that's a good sign. And if he knows anything about it, then that's just crazy. Um, so. He knew who he was, knew nothing about it. So right off the bat, you need someone likable, so that's good news. Doctor Strange is training Tony Stark cameo and reshoots. Now, Suicide Squad did reshoots a while ago, and they're, you know, they did the reshoots uh, after the fallout from Batman v Superman, and everyone kept saying, oh my God, look what's going to happen. Now, Suicide Squad ended up making money, um, and ended up being the top film, um, you, know, very, uh, you know, consecutive weeks in August. So is that... 
a successful movie or not? Did reshoots really come into play? Well, the movie itself kind of got panned by critics. It got a so-so rating from folks. Like I think folks went into it saying, you know, we're just we don't know what to expect, so our expectations are not Batman v Superman. So hey, that's good. Um, reshoots in this case, though, um, not anything to do with, um, you know, fallout from a specific movie. Every movie does reshoots, so. Again, don't want to read too much into it, but Community's Dan Harmon was brought on board to scribe them, according to Collider. Now, that's just an odd choice, but, I mean, you know, he was a pop culture guy. Community was a really fun show. Um, you know, Joss Whedon wrote for Roseanne. You know, I mean, you have you have guys and, and gals who you just would never equate with, um, you know, with, with working for, like, these other... You know things, but yeah, I mean it happens. So it's it's actually it's kind of it's kind of neat and it's kind of cool. So um, so yeah, so we've got that as well too. Um, the reshoots were also streamlined for the movie with some additional humor. I mean, I guess everyone is kind of like taking the cue from Deadpool. Uh, Doctor Strange will be no different then. The Infinity Time Stone is featured, and we have one in Vision. You know, Vision in the Avengers, and we've you know had some others pop up, but uh, obviously they're 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 building toward the Infinity War, which is going to be happening next year, and it's going to be. I mean, look, this is you know they're definitely. Or is it two years from now? I will have to definitely um, definitely check it out, but uh, definitely. You knew it was going to happen. You knew the, the, the eye of Agamotto or whatever the case is, you know, was going to make an appearance. So Dr. Strange's cloak, uh, you know, they're in there. Um, Jersey Jedi, I know it. it isn't truly comic book, but no excitement for Star Wars. Ah, Star Wars people, you are a, you are a winter movie. Come out in December. Come out in December and Christmas, after December 21st. We will go into Star Wars. Don't you worry. But it's not a fall movie. It is not a fall movie. Um... Or at least it's not considered anything. Anything December, anything where the weather's cold, it's not a fall movie. Uh, we will, we will, we will definitely discuss um, Star Wars in length. I'm sure because it looks it looks awesome. I know I've been hearing some mixed things about it, but just having that universe, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, a Doctor Strange sequel is already in the works. After positive test screenings, according to Outer Places, there's a sequel planned, um, and Chiwetel. Ojafor. Oh, I hope I got that one right. That actually might have been the best interpretation of a name. I, and I've, I know the actor. And I know the, you know, he's been in so many things. But man, pronouncing that not not great. Um, you know, Dormammu could be showing up as well due to a recent computer screen exposure at the 2016 San Diego Comic Con. Um, and uh, he was attempting to show community news when a list appeared up on the screen, and it was Strange confronts Dormammu, according to Movie News Guide. So he had a little leak happen inadvertently because he had some stuff or maybe not inadvertently maybe purposely i mean that would actually be you know that's the kind of killer marketing that i i really i really love so if they're able to do that that's that's actually pretty cool all right and finally marvel studios casting of the ancient one and i'm gonna leave you with this before we end up going to commercial break we're gonna go to commercial break and we're gonna welcome uh, chris christakis I know I'm going to mispronounce his name. And Mark Poulton, which I did not mispronounce because I've known him for a while now. So I hope, I'm pretty sure that's, that's pretty better. Poulton, Poulton. Yeah, you're you're going to correct me, and that's good. All right. The Ancient One was recast. The Ancient One was supposed to be uh, of Asian descent and, um, and a male. And they cast Tilda Swinton, um, which is a quasi-male. And a, uh, but, but actually, in reality, her she identifies with being a female. And uh, she's white. So it caused quite a stir. But when we come back... Well, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk to our guests a little bit, and we're gonna talk about Doctor Strange with them as well too, because we're all comic book fans here, and I want to get their take on it. Um, but the real reason they cast her might surprise you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. 
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every single week. We talk movies, comics, TV, pop culture at large. We're talking Doctor Strange. We're talking fall movies, which in our world, in our pop culture world, is really just Doctor Strange. But uh, we're going to take a little detour for a sec. And we're going to talk about ArtistaCon. ArtistaCon is a unique convention. Um, I'll be attending along with uh, a whole bunch of others, including one of our guests tonight, Mark Poulton. And uh, we kind of celebrating the creative process and and doing something different and that's kind of the theme for the for the night right now we have dr strange which is um kind of uh different in different ways you know and this convention is now different as well too so that's a that's a really good thing so all right chris i want to welcome you and mark how's it going hi how you doing doing good Hey, what's up, guys? All right, we're doing the. Thank doing you for two, having us on. No problem. Two guests at once. It's great. It's crazy like that. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break this up a little bit. I'm gonna, I want to get your opinions on Doctor Strange before we go forward because we're all comic book fans here. Are you guys looking forward to it? Do you think it's going to be exciting? Chris, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. One of my top comics I used to collect. Uh, when I was in my teens, I think they picked a wonderful actor to portray him. Uh, uh, from what I've seen thus far in the latest trailers, I'm really, uh, really psyched. Uh, I think it's going to be a, uh, a very uh, more cerebral movie for Marvel, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Um, Mark, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, I was never the biggest uh, Doctor Strange fan. So I, yeah, I, don't, boo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about the the character. Um, the the movie look, does look uh, interesting. I'm, I'm sure I'll check it out. Uh, my, my knowledge just just isn't there for the character, though. It, it's funny you mention that too, because that's actually what I, how I feel too. Like I'm was never a huge Doctor Strange guy, but I never disliked it either. He was just one of those periphery you know periphery characters. Um, and, and I'm actually just interested to see what they're going to do on screen with him, because I feel like it's going to be a different Marvel movie. So uh, kind of looking forward well, to that. I, I feel he was very, very popular in the 80s, around when The Defenders was a popular title and you know West Coast Avengers and things of that nature. I think he, he still remained in the Marvel Universe, but there were some key, you know, key crossovers and key issues and that he was very you know influential and you know it brought in fantastic four with franklin richards and mm-hmm. you know it's uh it was really interesting story arcs back then i'm just curious what they're gonna how they're gonna integrate it into the marvel universe of the movies you know it's probably gonna be very different It'll probably be kind of what they do with Daredevil right now, where they where they kind of just mention it, you know, they fl- they'll flip open a, a newspaper. Although I did hear Tony Stark is going to make a cameo, so they will kind of directly um, relate as well. Uh, from my understanding, I think they're going to go more for the idea of science as far as versus more the magic. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to pull in the Harry Potter crowd, but I think they're going for what what they're exploring. What was an Ant Man, the quantum realm from a scientific perspective but this will be from the mystical side cool so i i'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to uh going to do that <laughs> very cool mark you were going to say uh just uh like my the one time i remember reading about dr strange or reading books with him was uh bendis's uh new avengers run and he was a huge part of that team so i'm wondering if eventually they will integrate him into the avenger movies I believe they will. I, I think they're ba- I think they're throwing everyone in the kitchen sink into the Avengers movies, especially it's a two-parter. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see it. And I think as comic book fans, like this is this is just like like a glory like a glory period for us, right? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so talk to me, um, uh, and, and Mark, we're going to get into your background writing Hawkman and Coney Waves and all this cool stuff. Um, you're one of the featured guests, though, at ArtistaCon, and ArtistaCon is being billed as... ArtistaCon. I like Artista. <laughs> Artista, come on. So much like better. Artista's fine, too, if you want the French feel. That's <laughs> right. That's right. All right, ArtistaCon is something that is billed as celebrating the creative process. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell me how it kind of came about, and then um, and then Mark will get into kind of some of your background and how you kind of fit into the into the grand scheme of this con. Sure, sure. Um, actually, Enrico, I think, was calling in as well. He might be on hold. I'm not sure. He's he's, he's actually the one that came up with the name. Okay. He was my co-creator. Who, nope. What's that? Can you guys hear me? And we have there guest we number three. See, we're breaking oh, boundaries here. Okay. Okay. I'm back. He, I, was, uh, I was trying to talk, and I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He and I were doing the con circuit for several years, and we noticed in New York Comic Con and other cons like Baltimore that a lot of um, young people seemed uh, coming up to us and asking, how do I break in the field? How do what I do? You know, what would you suggest? So what we liked about the cons was the artist alley aspect, mm-hmm. meeting the creators and, you know, having ability to maybe you know talk to them pick their brains and we thought why don't we kind of create a convention or a con that strips away kind of as Enrico would use the adjectives the layers Mm -hmm. of the fan and kind of go to the creation aspect you know the the focus is on the artist the focus is on the writing the focus is on the editing the the process of the comic book and not just comic books but fantasy and you know gaming that type of thing you know because it's all inclusive now within these properties all the ancillaries but it's not vendors all over the place Mm -hmm. it's more an educational symposium and you know our boiler plate basically says a convention for season and aspiring artists celebrating the creative process or that's true but our big focus too is mentorship and bringing Mm -hmm. in a new generation of creators because we see so many young people um kind of wandering around trying to find their way as we all did coming out to this field or sure and i've worked in various different forms of illustration through the years in and out of comics in and out of advertising editorial publishing um enrico's worked in sculpting for todd mcfarlane we've all had interesting paths but it mm-hmm. kind of all leads back to the comic book property for us yeah and we just have a love for the genre so we've invited guests of honor and featured creators, you know, artists, whether they be fine artists, we have a, almost like a fine arts track in our one venue, mm-hmm. show you the basics of painting and drawing and form drawing, volume drawing, and we believe this is very important if you're going to be involved in comic creation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that was going back to, you know, my college days. I mean, it's, it's you know, when Absolutely. in high school Absolutely. even, high school I would walk around conventions and I'd ask editors, you know, I want to draw comics, and they're like... They look at my stuff and they go, "Oh, you only you only draw comics, do you?" And I mean, when I said, "What do you mean by that?" He says, "Well, you need to take figure drawing, and you gotta t- you gotta take you gotta learn light and shadow." And I said, "That's that's a waste. I'll just be a writer then." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so basically, um, you know, we talked about it coming back from one of the cons, and you know, we were throwing the idea around, and we were throwing names back and forth, and he texted me with Artisticon. I said, "Oh, that's great. It's just catchy. I love it." And we just started building from there. We met with um, a very, and I'm going to say he's in a very important part of Artisticon. If it wasn't for him, it really wouldn't be happening. Because mm-hmm. he saw the vision that we had. Speaking of vision, because you were talking vision before mm-hmm. we came on. Uh, but the vision in our minds that let's bring this to the Delaware Valley um, area, which is considered Philadelphia, southern New Jersey, yep. um, Delaware. You know, there's... There's a tradition in this area. This is really the birthplace of American illustration. The Brandywine River Museum in Delaware is where Howard Powell created the School of American Illustration. N.C. Wyeth, um, Norman Rockwell, J.C. Leindrick, all the great American illustrators came out of that school. A lot of the top illustrators came out of Philadelphia School in, in Pennsylvania, which is the Philadelphia Museum College, which is now University Arts. There's a rich history of art and creation in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. But New York tends to take the credit a lot. You know, <laughs> all the big schools up there. So I thought, you know, it's a nice 
thing to bring to the community if we can bring it down here. And we, I had taken a workshop uh, with a college friend I hadn't, I hadn't seen in years and reconnected on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he had now become a sacred artist. And I'm going, what's a sacred artist? So I realized he had become very involved with his faith. He, he used to do um, artwork for the Franklin Mint doing the preliminary drawings for the Star Trek plates. Mm-hmm. And for years he did that. He was an illustrator. He was a fantastic draftsman. And then he always had a penchant for, you know, Renaissance art and uh, the Pre-Raphaelites all, and, and things going back to the um, French salon painters. So he went on further to study with an artist in New York called Michael Aviano, mm-hmm. and he learned the Mo- Riley method of illustration. And it's it's a it's a different type of color palette. Instead of open palette, you have um, you have you use the Munsell color chart, and you're using three extra um, forms of color, and you're dealing with chroma and value and things of like that. So basically, he took this and he applied it to. Um, paintings that he now does large-scale murals for the Catholic Church. He actually did the Papal Holy Family portrait for the last Papal visit here to Philadelphia this past year, and all his, that image was in all the marketing materials and also, in a sense, he does comic book creation for the Catholic sure. Church. Sure. <laughs> That's actually, you know uh, what, that is a great uh, like segue into Enrico, you do stuff for McFarland Toys too, and and I love I love bringing guests on. I love bringing all you guys on because it shows that there are just so many different jobs in the comic book world that some people just don't even know about it. Could you talk about that experience a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I started out um, going to these comic conventions and um, kind of carting around my eleven by seventeen the comic book sequential art portfolio mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, showing it to people and trying to break in. And uh, I've always uh, have had just a, 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 like a great love for Todd McFarlane's artwork. Yeah. The cover of Amazing Spider-Man 316 was one of the reasons that made me want to be a professional artist. Sure. So I would go to these conventions, and whenever I knew that Todd was there, I would go, and I would show my portfolio, and, and I would try to break in. And um, the illustration thing uh, was really very difficult, and, and then that didn't happen. So um, I'm always kind of curious, and I would try different avenues of art. And I, I was uh, trying my hand at sculpting. And Todd brought the toy company, McFarlane um, Toys, out. He just had the most detailed figures on the market, and, and they intrigued me. And I, and I, um, I decided to start sculpting, and I did. And I think I was in uh, my senior year of high school. So... I used this uh, little portfolio I made of doing some characters like Spawn and a few mm-hmm. characters to um, to submit to uh, another company, and I ended up getting a job um, doing sculpt- sculpting and toy design. And through there, I worked on uh, Farscape for Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. I did some like limited edition mantle clocks for Disney and uh, worked on a few other cool properties. And that built my portfolio even more and gave me confidence to then go say, all right, I'm going to attack McFarland's Toys now. So I brought my stuff to McFarland's Toys. I had an interview, and I hit it off with the um, like the, the, the main uh, president there. It was uh, Ed Frank, and I showed my stuff to uh, Gene St. Jean. We had, I had like a little uh, session there, and I ended up getting a gig. So then I ended up sitting down in a chair <laughs> at a desk there and just start sculpting toys and I did that on and off in a freelance capacity for a while mm-hmm. and I even got to sit down and work with Todd on a few things and Todd was always really gracious and he's totally a cool guy and he's funny too uh, the, the one story I always tell is when I was working there and I worked on Clive Barker's Tortured Souls mm-hmm. and I was doing this character called the Scythemeister and he has his face kind of like stretched out and Todd came over and he sat down next to me and he says uh you know, when you stretch someone's face out like that, um, you know, it's going to look like, like this and pull in this direction and stuff. And I just thought it was funny because he talks about this stuff like he's done it like a thousand times. Like, oh, yeah, when you stretch someone's face out. So that's like the kind of character Todd is. He gets like really into the artwork. And he just has a, a really good um, instinct for art and creative and what looks cool. And he hires really talented people, being one being Gene St. Jean. So I was able to kind of learn some sculpting tips and stuff from from Gene and a lot of the other great sculptors that work there. And it was just a fascinating experience. I got to see how toys were made and sure. uh, how the mold-making process was. They were one of the first companies 
back then to have a full 3D scanner and a 3D printer. And um, they would print out their, like, character figures, and then we would get a 3D print of them and mold them and pour them in castelline and wax, and we would work up stuff uh, from there. So at McFarland Toys, I was able to make some great friends and some really cool connections and and really learn about uh, the anatomy and just dynamics and, and more... Uh, more like 3D design and, and uh, stuff like that. So it was really a great experience. I worked on uh, Movie Maniacs a little bit, uh, McFarlane's Dragons, Twisted Christmas, uh, Tortured Souls, and like a few other ones. But uh, it was it was one of the highlights of my artistic career. And then uh, kind of took the show on the road and decided to start doing freelance. And I just started doing a lot of other things like uh, trying to get into vinyl toys and that's it that's uh, uh you you really hit the nail on the head though too like there's just so much like you know we're all like clawing and scraping and 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 just any angle we can get in like i did coloring you know we do writing i do you know trying to do artwork like now mark you you you've you and i kind of have the similar path to comics in that sense can you talk about your experience breaking in um i know you you ended up you know the pinnacle um you know so far was 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 actually writing for dc and doing some hawkman stuff but it took a while to get there right yeah definitely uh i mean (laughs) when i wanted to first break into comics it was around the 90s with the image revolution and indie comics were hot but the knowing how to break into the business was kind of like a secret I didn't know what to do, um, and I didn't even know if it was possible. So at, at first, I decided, well, I don't know how to how to make comics. I'm gonna I'm gonna write movies. That seems way easier. <laughs> so uh, my writing career actually started. I optioned a, a screenplay back in the early 2000s wow. um, during the height of the the teen comedy uh, craze. Um, I optioned a, a spec script I wrote called uh, "Give Me Back My Stuff." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, semi-autobiographical, um, but it sat in development for a couple of years. It never got made, and uh, I realized I didn't like the... I, I wanted to be more hands-on. I didn't have any control of it getting made. It just sat there, and I just kept waiting. And then, by this time, the Internet was more uh, prevalent, so how, how to how to submit comics and how to, how to break in uh, sort of sort of was more known there was a couple avenues i could could try and i was like well writing comics is always what i wanted to do and fortunately for me uh my best friend at the time was at the university of the arts in philadelphia and he wanted to make comics so we just decided we're gonna we're gonna make a comic and and submit it to some some publishers Mm -hmm. we got a strong strong reception from the the publishers uh we decided to go with Arcana Studio, and it's probably been the best uh, decision I've made in my career so far because the owner of Arcana, uh, Sean O'Reilly, has been like one of my two uh, major mentors uh, in my career. Uh, Arcana Studio uh, started out as a comic book publisher, and over the years they've evolved, adapted with the times. Now not only are they a comic book publisher, but they're an animation studio. So I've got to learn the ins and outs of the comic book business, but also a little bit of the entertainment side of things. So uh, the, the first comic book uh, I got a little ahead of myself was uh, Coney Waves, and that kind of got me noticed by my uh, the person who would become like my second mentor in my career, uh, Rob Liefeld. Uh, I'm a 90s kid. kid. I grew up on uh, New Mutants, X-Force, Young sure. Blood. Mm-hmm. Rob was like my major hero. Uh, <laughs> I was a huge fanboy for him. And All my drawings that got rejected, by the way, <laughs> looked like Rob Liefeld drawings. This is this is back when I was, uh, same same time as you, I was a 90s kid yeah. too. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, at, at the time Coney Waves was coming out, uh, I was a member of Rob Liefeld's message board, and uh, he was always supportive letting me uh, post Coney Waves stuff on his message board. And he seemed to like really like what I was doing. And then one day, uh, it was <laughs> it was Thanksgiving 2006. I get a phone call from a number I don't uh, recognize, and uh, I usually I wouldn't answer it, but I decide to answer it. And on the other end, I hear, 
Polton, it's Liefeld. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rob had tracked down my phone number from another person on the message board. Wow. That uh, decided to give me a call and uh, say he was thinking about bringing Evangeline back. And he wanted me to be the writer of it based off my work on Coney Waves. That's incredible. And that's that's, that's incredible. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> now it's amazing. It's like it's like your childhood dream coming true. Yeah, I mean that 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 is very reminiscent of. Um, I was in San Diego Comic Con and I and I had my image book out and I'm signing next to Liefeld and and the entire image. They had Image United back then, and and so it was like uh-huh. you know it, you know it is. It's it's like a, a fanboy's dream. These are all amazing stories, and these are all like things that um, I think Chris is what you're kind of going for with our, our. I like Artista Con. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna coin okay. that Enrico. You, you can use it. It's okay. Uh, you, you can say artistic con. Um, Actually, I think Enrico and I have said that to each other. When we, like, get a little <laughs> yeah, artistic con. Artistic con. Artistic con. But um, but this is kind of what you guys are going for with the show with with the convention. So, Chris, we we got about thirty seconds left. Give give everyone how can they get tickets? How can they get to the show? Um, and if anybody likes to hear any of these more these stories, what kind of panels you guys are going to have? And do it all really fast. <laughs> well, go to Artisticon, A-R-T-I-S-T-A-C-O-N dot O-R-G. Uh, all the symposiums are listed on there. It's at the Lyceum Center in Burlington, New Jersey. Thanks to Sean Stippick for believing in us, getting us in there, and seeing us all the way through. To all our hard team, Bill, Miranda, my wife, Enrico's wife, everybody that are guest artists and featured artists, um, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this. As Dave Palumbo just coined on Facebook, a very famous fantasy artist, uh, he said, I think this event is going to blur the lines between educational workshop and comic convention in the best way, best possible way. So in other words, you want to learn about comics, you want to learn about fantasy, you want to learn about writing or self-publishing. We have 17 different panels and lectures. We have portfolio reviews, writing reviews, all for a low price. We've now opened Artist Alley for $5. Wow. Burlington, New Jersey. You will not get this event anywhere else. This is a unique event. We've opened the drink and draw to the public Friday night before the show, Friday, September 16th, at Brickwall Tavern in Burlington. Every dollar from their appetizer list that we've made with them is going to Hero Initiative. And if you don't know what the Hero Initiative is, it's HeroInitiative.org. It's helping those comic creators in need that have fallen awesome. to hard times. So. Awesome. Go to the website, ArtisticCon, with an A, A-T-A-R-T-I-S-T-A-C-O-N dot O-R-G. Look at the guests of honor list. Look at the featured artists and writers. We are bringing in the best of the industry, but we also want to mentor people into the industry. Yeah, this, this, is, is, this, is your chance, this is your chance. For, this is your chance to have a backstage pass to really meet with important people in this industry to learn from, be educated by, and network. Awesome. With the best people in this industry to help you break into commercial art, uh, comic books, illustration, fine art, etc. It's really your your one-stop shop to, to really get in and rub elbows with the best. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You can catch me there as well, too. So the dates are September 17th um, and 18th. Uh, that'll be not this weekend, but the following weekend. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Enrico. Thank you, Mark. Thank Wish you. we had more time, Thank but you for having us. It, it goes by Thank really fast. So <laughs> Thanks, guys. That went very fast. <laughs> All right. When we come back, I'll give you my quick little San Diego Comic-Con story a little bit in more detail, and then we're going to get back into Doctor Strange. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. 
Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. I want to thank my guest, Chris Katsakis. I know I'm going to get his name totally wrong. Mark Bolton and Enrico Bada uh, coming on and talking about ArtistaCon. Come on, go with the artiste in ArtistaCon. Um, I'll be there as well, September 17th and 18th. Uh, you can come check it out. You can come check out The Sire, which is what the show is named after. It's about a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. Um, I was mentioning before, and Mark uh, Mark and I actually go way back when he was doing Coney Waves and I was doing The Sire. We were you know, big fans of each other's books, so we got to know each other. And that's kind of a cool part about being a comic book creator and just being a creator in general, the networking that kind of goes into it. And that's really the key to breaking into anything, right? It's just kind of getting to know people. But get to actually know, like, and trust them, not just... You know, hey, I know you can help me, so I'm going to target you. Uh, we had Vince Hernandez on a couple weeks ago from Aspen Comics, and he does a great job of that, too. Um, I was telling the story about San Diego. Uh, it was 2009. I had my book for uh, Image out, and I was signing the first issue, and I happened to be signing at Jim Valentino's um, section of Image booth. So I had Jim Valentino. I had Will Sportacio. I had Jim Lee. I had Rob Liefeld. I had Eric Larson and Mark Silvestri and Rob Liefeld sitting next to me signing copies of Image United and I of course made an ass of myself but in a good way like just you know being the usual guy that I am and you know I, I, I remember telling everyone on the extremely long line I said I know you're here to see me I know you're here to see you're here to sign I, I, I know you want a signed copy of Descendant number one everyone can settle down I'm I've got all day and uh, obviously uh, some people found that funny Jim Valentino found that very funny so at least you know my boss at the time was pretty happy with that um, and Mark Mark's actually um, a, a, and again kind of talking about you know he and I follow the same path too he does do some artwork as well Enrico um, you know working at, at McFarland Toys fantastic as well too and uh, and Chris just putting this all together um, you know all, along with a lot of other uh, you know folks that he mentioned too so it, it should be an awesome an awesome convention and again the theme for tonight is different um, it's going to be a different comic-con just like dr strange a different kind of movie now we kind of mentioned it briefly and and we'll get into it we have a little smaller segment this uh tonight than we normally do but we talked about the casting of tilda swinton as the ancient one and how it's supposed to be an asian american i'm not sorry not an asian american but an asian character is the ancient one and they not only got rid of the Asian part, but they ended up, you know, changing it from a man to a woman. Now, the man to a woman thing, um, I think, actually kind of offsets the change in a way. I think maybe that's kind of going through their mind. Now, apparently, they 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 picked her because she had an unusual look. But here's the here's the interesting thing that was in that article on Inquisitor, which I still have not found the uh, the, the credit for. But I'll I'll get her, I'll get the credit for that. Um, uh, you can go to Inquisitor.com and look up Doctor Strange movie cast Marvel Studios MCU leak. But um, I'll find the uh, the author for uh, credits' sake. But they mentioned it was complicated due in part to perceived stereotype, the association with Tibet, and the importance of the Chinese box office. So. This whole time, you're thinking, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, here's political correctness kind of coming in, doing it once again, and kind of taking characters and race swapping. We did an entire episode, two, two episodes ago, about Mary Jane. Um, I, I actually, like I said, I, I liken these movies to the Ultimate Universe, so I have no problem with taking characters. I have no problem with Johnny Storm being um, a black character as opposed to a white character. I look at this like, look, at the end of the day, especially movie franchises that either A, don't have the baggage of 90 years of history. I know Doctor Strange has been around, but he's, look, he's a secondary character. He's always been kind of a secondary character, so it's not like he has the weight of this fan base that's like, ah, I need to see my Doctor Strange the way I was when I was a kid. Like most of us, kind of like what Mark had said and I had said, you know, Chris is, you know, Chris was on and he said, Chris is, you know, he said that's one of his favorite characters and so he's looking forward to it, but to be honest with you, you know, most, I'd say 9 out of 10, maybe 7 out of 10, you know, would be like, oh, yeah, Doctor Strange, cool, you know, but nothing more than that. So they, they, they have the luxury of that, uh, of, not have, of not being weighed down. Whereas, so you can kind of do the switch. But, again, we thought this was another case of like, oh, my God, they're, they're making a man a woman. But in this case, you, you kind of have people also complaining like, oh, my gosh, Asian to a white person. It kind of blew people's minds. But as it turns out, it all goes back to the dollars, it all goes back to China is now one of the most important box offices and one of the most important, I mean, it's funny how like certain movies bombed here but do huge overseas. Independence Day actually did huge overseas. China, the Chinese market, they ate that up. We couldn't, we, we, the American audience, not so much. Um, 
what was it? Uh, World of Warcraft. They're going to make a sequel. Why? Because of how well it did over in China. So now all of a sudden, I mean, don't forget, I mean, you had, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm running up against the clock in this particular segment, but you had Maroon 5 actually had some of their shows canceled in China because the guitarist gave a happy birthday to the Dalai Lama. So any mention of the, of, of the Dalai Lama, Tibet, anything like that, and China, the Chinese government will pull the plug on you. So Marvel is very aware of that. So transforming the Ancient One from... Now, if they had just made it... If they had just transformed it from being a uh, Tibetan monk to a white monk, they probably would have came under more fire. So moving it over to a female character and Tilda Swinton look is she's very ambiguous I gotta be honest with you she could be a male for all we know I mean she was amazing in Snowpiercer I say this with love because I think she's actually a phenomenal actress but that's exactly the point she's a phenomenal actress so alright well I want to hear your thoughts you can always dial in 877-480-4120 I am more than happy you can chime in on Periscope your thoughts when we come back uh, about the Doctor Strange casting about Doctor Strange in general I want to hear your, your thoughts on it and then we're also going to talk about a certain jab at director Zack Snyder that the new Man in Steel, Man of Steel, made when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. I want to give a few shout-outs to uh, a lot of different people here. I want to give a shout-out to Dan Leister. Just joined our Facebook stream. Dan is the artist of the Sire. He is actually the one who drew this wonderful banner in, uh, in, all, in all its glory up there. But he actually did more than that. He drew the series uh, for the first four issues. So, really... <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good stuff, so welcome aboard, Dan. Uh, Dan's got a Kickstarter that's going to be launching in October. We're going to have him on the show to talk about that as well, just in time for Halloween. It's going to be really great. He is an awesome. He did Hack Slash at Image. So it, it's cool to uh, kind of talking to a bunch of folks that I've kind of, you know, I don't want to use the word grew up with because we're, we're like in our 30s and stuff. Um, but, you know, we kind of grew together in the comic book industry and we're continuing to grow together. We're we're continuing to kind of move along. So, all right, just a reminder, the number here is 877-480-4120. I want to again give a shout out to our dedicated fan, Einar Peterson, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, and our executive producer, brand new Steve Hovecki. How did they become... All of these designations, how did they become associated with Secrets of the Sire? They went to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Secrets of the Sire. I actually made it really easy for you. I'm your host, Michael Dolce, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-O-L-C-E.com. We'll take you right to the Patreon page. You can give as little as a quarter per show. We do four shows a month, sometimes five, depending on the weeks. And uh, you can donate a quarter per show and you can become a dedicated fan and give a shout out to you on air. Uh, you can become a program director, which is very simple. All you do is donate $2 a month, and I'll give you access to the show outline and some more exclusive content. Executive producers get a whole bunch of stuff, uh, including a Google Hangout chat where they can actually ask questions to our guests, like Mark Poulton, Chris Kotsakis, and uh, Enrico Bada, who we had on today about from Artisticon. Eh, now Artista. That's what I like that better. So go to uh, michaeldolce.com, and it'll take you to our Patreon page, 
and uh, support the show because we've got we'd love to do more. We uh, we've kind of already run through an hour. Amazingly enough, it's eight fifty right now. Um, welcome back, Espada Primera Stark. I, I love your enthusiasm. I love uh, Jersey Jedi's enthusiasm. Well, Jersey Jedi is a loyal uh, a loyal follower, so uh, we got to give a shout out to him as well too. All right, so. We were talking about Doctor Strange. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Chime in now on Periscope. Chime in now on Facebook Live. Uh, Periscope tends to get the comments to me faster. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking. Um, if you're excited for the movie, I am actually, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a Doctor Strange fan, so I'm kind of excited about that. And I kind of, uh, kind of found the Tilda Swinton casting casting to be even more interesting after thinking about the Chinese market. So I thought that was really great. But first. There's a new Man of Steel in town, and he'd like you to forget Zack Snyder's version of Superman as quickly as possible. Uh, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Supergirl actor Tyler Hoechlin um, took an indirect shot at Henry Cavill's version of Superman in a new interview describing his intentions for the role on the CW show. He said of his version, he said, It's Superman as I think he was intended to be, which is an incredible symbol of hope to kids. They can do anything, they can be good people, and the good people can triumph over evil. Now, that wasn't a direct shot. That was kind of in, that was just describing Superman. But then he says, you don't have to be dark and brooding and always in this state of masculine toughness. Uh, my Superman sits in that very hopeful and optimistic place that Kara, who is Supergirl, tends to be in. The dark and brooding, I mean, that's a def, that's, that is not hiding it whatsoever. Um, Again, I don't think he was meaning it in any malicious intent, uh, but I do think that people, look, people are very, very wary of what has kind of been put on screen, and that is their number one complaint about Man of Steel. I think in the uh, the screen junkies do these honest trailers, and they did an honest trailer for Batman v Superman, and, and I think they even said it, you know, you get to finally see the Batman movie that Zack Snyder always wished he could direct, and that's essentially what he was doing with Man of Steel, was basically making Batman, and, you know, again, dark, brooding, uh, foreboding, it's not, it's not Superman. You know, and, and he said it before, we want to honor the tradition that is the character without really emulating anything that somebody else has done before. Um, I didn't want to have any temptation to imitate. You know, again, he doesn't want to take what has kind of come before. That being said, the um, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, the executive producer, does say he's like, look, we cherry pick the best parts that we love. So there's a bit of Christopher Reeve in there, a healthy do dose of Superman animated series, a little Lois and Clark, a little George Reeves, a little Super Friends. Notice how he, he, he basically pulls everything out. They're basically saying, look, this is going to be different. Um, this is not going to be what the Superman that you remember. And already even just, look, even the costume is just bluer, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's just radiant. It's, it's optimistic. It's hopeful. Um, and quite frankly, everyone agrees right now that the CW right now and the DC Universe, along with Flash, along with Arrow, you know, it's the best place to find the characters that people love in the DC Universe rather than on the big screen. Uh, and it's also, you know, you can kind of see it in the new trailers and stuff. I think the Zack Snyder influence has now kind of lifted the cloud of the dark and the brooding, you know, is kind of lifted. And, and, and people are going to be more excited. I mean, if you think about it. The Justice League, the Wonder Woman trailers, they kind of seem to be taking a page from shows like Flash. They're introducing more levity, less brood in all their scenes. Uh, Suicide Squad was completely remarketed to match more of a Deadpool than a Batman v Superman. I mean, it was basically, if you look at the marketing, um, Spada Primera Stark said, It's two different aspects to where Superman is in from me anyway, and why is Supergirl vision blue on CW? I don't know. That's a good question, why her vision is blue, but... Um, I don't know the show enough to, to really comment on that, but it's it's it is. Look, it's a different universe. DC has separated the two universes, uh, and and rightfully so. They've separated the two universes. Um, in a way, though, I love the fact that Marvel keeps the universes as one universe. Uh, I was just commenting with Sam that I finally hooked up my Netflix. Uh, I was tired of watching it uh, on small screens. I have a nice fifty-eight inch screen at home. It was like my, my first adult purchased like seven years ago so it was like something i you know uh, i just you know some people consume their 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 media on their like their little six inch phone and their uh, and their ipad and i i just i hate that i i like just sitting on a couch and vegging out i am old school like that i will be old school like that i'm sure my son will not be i'm sure he'll be consuming it directly in his eye socket in 20 years because that's just what's going to happen but for me i like seeing it on the big screen so i did finally finish daredevil i'm on a season two it's amazing um but i love the little nods to 
the larger universe. And Doctor Strange is going to have that too. Um, the the producers have definitely said that. Uh, I, th- I believe um, Kevin uh, Feig said, well, we're going to have, you know, do- when Doctor Strange is going to be aware that people, you know, that aliens invaded New York, but he's also going to be a surgeon. So he's going to kind of be working as a surgeon. He's not going to be thinking about aliens, you know, invading New York. But when he's not being a surgeon and he's kind of out there, he can comment and say, hey, this is where those aliens hit and this is where this happened and this is where that happened. So I think there's going to be a lot of, of great interplay where, you know, you get that in the TV shows as well. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously is a direct uh, continuation of what happens in the movies. So that to me is kind of neat. And the reason I like it better is you have two separate flashes now. You have, if Green Arrow is ever introduced, you're going to have two separate Green Arrows. Now you have two Supermen. Uh, you know, in that in that can you know in that sense, look, DC has always had multiple worlds and multiple universes. Marvel has done the same thing, so it's not. As a comic book fan, you can wrap your head around it. You can wrap your head around the fact that there was an Ultimate Universe and a regular Marvel Universe, and there was DC. There was Earth Two and Earth One and Earth Thirteen, and you know so on and so forth. I mean, you can wrap your head around it, but it would have been kind of cool to kind of wrap it all into one. All right, we had a great show tonight. Uh, I want to definitely thank my guests, uh, Chris Katsakis. I'm gonna, I'm totally mispronouncing his name the entire time. I just know I am. I just know it, and he's gonna, and he'll yell at me. But uh, he can yell at me at ArtistaCon, which I will be at. September 17th and 18th. It's in New Jersey. Come on down. Get some autographs. Get some memorabilia. Get some comics. I'll do some sketches. Do all that kind of fun stuff. And go check out michaeldolce.com and find us on Patreon. We'll be back here next week. We're going to be talking more comics, movies, TV. We're going to be talking. There's always news that's happening in this world. It is a great time to be a comic book fan. And we'll see you next week. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.